Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. If you only ever casually heard that song on the radio, you probably have no idea what it's about. If you want to know what it's about, I'm not going to tell you right now, but go listen to it. It's a lot about a lot deeper and darker things than maybe you thought as a, you know, a pop rock song by the Goo Goo Dolls. Goo Goo Dolls, though, one of the surprising... Uh, I, I should say pleasant surprises of the concert series here in Missoula last summer. I knew they were good, but I, I just thought they were... I thought they were aces. I thought they were real pros. I thought it was a really fun night, and I very much enjoyed myself. So uh, keep them coming. Live music returning to Missoula uh, as soon as possible, and very much looking forward to that. It is Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Thanks so much for kicking it with us here on your Wednesday. Missed anything in the first hour of the show. I wanted to go on a, a, uh, a monologue all about... My experience at air last night, the great Ben Affleck and Matt Damon movie all about Sonny Vaccaro and Phil Knight and uh, the the quest to sign and build a personalized shoe line around the one and only Michael Jordan. Uh, I think that there's a lot to it. I think there's a lot of uh, layers to the conversation just in terms of place and time and moment, the circumstances that went into the the almost unprecedented rise of Michael Jordan. I should say almost unprecedented. I mean, Michael Jordan's one of the, what, five most famous people in the last 50 years on the earth? <laughs> I mean, coming out of North Carolina, he was certainly a, a big name, but no one expected him to become a true global icon in which everyone everywhere knows who this guy is. It's it's unbelievable, really. I wanted to talk about that dynamic, but we're going to save that for another day because... We just had news brief after news brief hit the wire uh, about the half an hour leading into the show. So we broke down Cola Bad Bear, Beyonce B, and Laura Bello all into the transfer portal. Weber State's got a new women's basketball coach. We debated the current openings in Big Sky women's and men's basketball, uh, which one's best, which one's toughest. Uh, We also talked about some NBA playoff stuff. We gave you a history lesson. We gave you some wings. Uh, a jam-packed and sort of ad-lib, hour number one, all of it on the Nuanas Now podcast, proudly presented by Blackfoot Communications, the M-Store, 
and the MSU bookstores. Time now for our ESPN Roundtable. ESPN Roundtable presented by Paradise Falls of Missoula. You already know Paradise Falls has breakfast, lunch, and dinner. They also have a full-service casino. It's a great place to gather with family and friends alike. They'll always have the game on for you. They got great burgers and sandwiches. You know about all that. One thing I think gets overlooked sometimes on the menu that you should try is the pizza. I went in there to see the fine folks there at Paradise Falls the other night, and they uh, had ordered up some pizza and some cheese bread. They got new cheese bread on the menu. So I got to sample the fare. It's really, really good. You should definitely check out the pizza on the menu next time uh, you're in the mood there at Paradise Falls. Our ESPN Roundtable this week includes some thoughts about Danny Sprinkle and his move to Utah State, some thoughts from Danny Sprinkle on the move to Utah State, but also a deep dive into the coaches from the Big Sky Conference that have moved on and moved up in the men's basketball world. How they've done, what does it say about the league, and what's happened at the programs that they left after they left. We'll go through all of that, but we'll get things started off here on the ESPN Roundtable with a couple pieces of sound here from Danny Sprinkle. He had his uh, opening press conference on uh, Monday. He talked for about 27 minutes, answered a handful of questions from reporters, but he, he talked for about 15 minutes before he took any questions. So here's just a snippet. I thought m- maybe the 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 most interesting part uh, of his opening statement. He talked about everything you'd expect, you know, thanking a bunch of people, his family, his friends, his influences, his mentors. Uh, he also talked about his opportunity at Montana State, what that meant to lead him to Utah State. Talked about some of his philosophies. Uh, gave great reverence to the 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 past, the history that exists there at Utah State. And uh, we'll, just, we'll just play it. Here's here's da- opening statement from Danny Sprinkle as he joins uh, the Utah State Aggies as the head men's basketball coach. The herd, man, I can't wait to walk down that tunnel. It's uh, like you guys are what make this place, man. Like, you know, you're the separator. You know, they talk about, you know, one of the best environments. You know, it is the best environment. No, not one of the best. It is the best. And I meant it. When you guys give us a home court advantage, it's, that's the truth. And uh, I can't wait to walk down that tunnel and, and get this place rocking. And I know, I know the players will, too. Um, I want to thank uh, Wad, President Wade Cruzado and Leon Costello uh, at Montana State for giving me my first opportunity. They know I love them. I wouldn't be here without them. Uh, my mentors, um, Mick Durham, who recruited me to Montana State University, who I played for. Um, he actually came to our tournament game. He's a huge supporter. I wouldn't be here without him taking a chance on me. Uh, Coach Braswell. Uh, who hired me, you know, the first one to ever hire me at Cal State Northridge, you know, back in the early 2000s uh, when we were actually in the same league as Utah State, the Big West back then. And so we had to come up to the spectrum a couple times, and, and uh, it, was, it was not pretty for us at Cal State Northridge. So uh, I'm glad to be on the other side of that. But Coach Braz was the one that really, you know, like ingrained, you know, being detailed, being organized, uh, you know, just our work ethics matched. But just his care for his players, like, it rubbed off on me, and, and I try to coach like him every day, and I can't thank him enough. Uh, Deidre Taylor, who I worked for at Cal State Fullerton, um, who's still there right now. And, you know, he's my best friend. I can't speak highly enough of him and what he means to me and what I learned from him. You know, every day in our program, those two, their, their influences are going to be seen every day. Um, you know, Brad Hughes, who I worked for at Montana State, another tremendous influence for me. That stuff's pretty uh, standard 
as you'd expect. ESPN Roundtable, presented by Paradise Falls. So without some Danny Sprinkle on his uh, opening press conference uh, there after being hired as the head coach of Utah State. Of all of the schools in the Big Sky Conference, the men's basketball program with the uh, most prolific history of coaches moving on and moving up is the University of Montana. Since Judd Heathcote first left the Grizz in the late 1970s to take over at Michigan State, every man that's been the head coach at the University of Montana, except Don Holst and now the current head coach, Travis DeCure, has got a what most would consider an elevated opportunity after having success at the University of Montana. Heathcote, of course, led Michigan State to the 1979 national title behind a young freshman named Magic Johnson who took the uh, the country by storm. Jim Brandenburg, who took over for Magic Johnson, he then moved on uh, to Wyoming after a couple years. And at Wyoming, he was great, went to three NCAA tournaments, and uh, including the Sweet 16 in 1987. That then led him to a job at San Diego State. He jumped from Wyoming to San Diego State because they had promised a new arena. Well, the new arena never came. Brandenburg lasted at San Diego State for half a dozen years, but then ended up retiring and and hasn't coached basketball for 30 years. If you want to hear a great interview, check out our interview with Jim Brandenburg from our Grizz Greats podcast series. We broke down this whole coaching tree that I'm talking about right now, and we we interviewed every single one of the living coaches. Judd Heathcote, unfortunately, passed away a couple years ago, but we started with Jim Brandenburg and went through all the rest of these guys. But the interview with Brandenburg... Very revealing, very interesting, very revelatory for the the state of affairs of college basketball uh, in the state of Montana, but also uh, his past, or his path, I should say, uh, throughout the Division I ranks uh, in the West. Brandenburg gave way to Mike Montgomery. Montgomery was at Montana for seven seasons, famously recruited Larry Kristoviak to Montana, played for the Big Sky title multiple times, but never actually went to the NCAA tournament at Montana because they lost in the championship game multiple times under Montgomery's leadership. But then Monty uh, rose tremendously high, went to Stanford, had an epic run that included 12 NCAA tournament bids, a couple Final Fours, three Sweet Sixteens, and a pair of Elite Eights. He also was the head coach of the Warriors for three seasons and then also spent six seasons at Cal and made four NCAA tournaments, won a couple NCAA tournament games there, uh, leading the Golden Bears. Montgomery gave way to Stu Morrill, and that's the first crossover we have here in Big Sky Circles. Morrill was great at Montana, went to the NCAA tournament, and snapped that streak. Even though the Grizz had had a lot of success under Brandenburg and Montgomery, they hadn't been to the NCAA tournament since Judd Heathcote. Morrill punched the ticket for the Grizz, which then set the stage for all the coaches since him going to the NCAA tournament at Montana. Pretty unprecedented streak there, but uh, from Blaine Taylor uh, to Don Holst, I guess Pat Kennedy was the one who's not part of this tree, and he did not go to the NCAA tournament. But Blaine Taylor, Don Holst, Larry Kostowiak, Wayne Tinkle, and Travis Takira have all been to the NCAA tournament leading the Grizz, and Morrill was the one that sort of kicked that door down and started that. Morrill then went on to have uh, seven years of success at, at Colorado State, and then took over at Utah State, where he was there for 17 years. He certainly is sort of the godfather of Utah State basketball. He set the stage for great success. Utah State had great tradition when Stu Morrill took the job over, but he took it to the next level. They they had about, I mean, double digit of 20 win seasons in a row. They made the NCAA tournament eight times in 17 years. 
He went 402 and 156 in Logan. That's winning about three out of every four games. So certainly that's uh, some success that still resonates today because since Morrow left, Utah State has been a coaching cradle. You saw Craig Smith take over there for a couple years and jump to Utah. You saw Ryan Odom take over there for a couple years, jump to VCU, and now Danny Sprinkle, uh, the next guy that has the opportunity to lead the Aggies. We mentioned Blaine Taylor, who was here at Montana in the 1990s, who then went on and won uh, 239 games at Old Dominion, won 20 games eight different times, seven times in eight seasons, excuse me, and won the ODU's conference uh, several times while he was out east. Larry Kristoviak was only at his alma mater for two seasons, uh, but then he parlayed a NCAA tournament victory over Nevada uh, into getting an opportunity at the University of Utah, where he spent 10 seasons, went to two NCAA tournaments. Wayne Tinkle actually had the greatest run in Montana history out of this whole coaching tree, taking the Grizz to the NCAA tournament three times in four years. He then used that to get an opportunity at Oregon State. He's now been at OSU for nine years. That seems crazy. That's, it seems like it's not even been close to that long, but it has. Been to two NCAA tournaments in Corvallis. And led the Beavers uh, to the Elite Eight. Now you have Travis DeCure uh, entering his 10th season at Montana. He's been at Montana since uh, Wayne Tinkle walked away. On the note of Stu Morrill, Danny Sprinkle mentioned him in the press conference. Here's what Springs had to say about the opportunity at Utah State. Some of the advantages he thinks the Utes, uh, the Aggies, excuse me, gosh, any Utah State fan, you're taking me out to pasture for that one. Uh, here's the advantages he thinks exist in Logan, Utah. Um, the history and tradition of Utah State basketball, I mean, we just talked about it. You know, I mean, there's, there's expectations here, and I accept that responsibility. I know what the expectations are, and that's what I'm about, and that's what I'm here. You know, I'm about winning, and I'm about doing it the right way. And we will cultivate, you know, we'll continue to cultivate and enhance the culture and the atmosphere that's been around here and just try and, and you know, go win a game in the NCAA tournament. You know, I'm still mad about our game against Kansas State, you know, a couple of weeks ago. And I know, you know, watching your game against Missouri, you guys feel the same. And, you know, that's going to be my chip on the shoulder. And so, um, you know, Wayne Estes, obviously from Anaconda. You know, my grandma's from Anaconda. My mom's from Butte. And uh, it means a lot. Everybody in Montana knows Wayne Estes, just like they do here. Everybody in Montana that knows basketball knows Wayne Estes. Like, that's important to me, walking in, that, in those doors every day. Like, I know I'm representing that. And uh, that means a lot. Um, this community cares. There's not a lot of communities that care about their basketball team like this does. I mean, you turn on games in the Pac-12 right now, and you're seeing three, 4,000 fans in some of those arenas. You know, that, that will never happen here. You know, like, you're a loyal fan base that cares and the one thing that i can tell you is like my care factor is off the charts you know and i sometimes have to remind referees about that too and i know my mom does too but uh you know but it's like it and i tell them like you know don't it's because i care you know and uh and it's and it's genuine but you know it's it's different here it's different here and i appreciate that The guy who laid the foundation for Utah State men's basketball, Stu Morley, former Grizz head coach, and Sprinkle also mentioned his influence on the history of the Utah State program. Our style of play, I mean, we're going to be just like the Valley. We're going to be blue collar. Sometimes it's not going to be pretty, you know, but the end result will be. And uh, that's, that's what we're worried about. It's a 
get your lunch pail and your hard hat and let, let's go to work. And, uh, and we're going to fight and we're going to scrap. There's loose balls. I can guarantee you we're going we're to have some guys on the floor for that thing. And, uh, and I know that's how this community is. And like I said, I, I go back to you know, playing against mostly Stu Morrill's teams. That's how they were built. You know, and Stu doesn't coach any other way. Like that's, you knew you were in for a dogfight when you came up here and played against their teams. And, uh, and that's how it's going to continue to be. Coach, Jacob Nielsen, KSL.com. I'm curious, obviously with coaching changes, it's, it's never easy for the players and there's a lot of roster turnover and everything. So you spoke with these guys a few minutes ago. What was your message to them and what's going to be the continued message during this offseason? <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, like how we're going to run our program and we're going to be built on discipline and toughness, you know, on and off the court. I'm here to develop them on and off the court. That's my that's my responsibility. That's my job as a coach and a mentor. Um, you know, it'll be. I mean, you can see that's our team right there. You know, and there's not a lot of people there right now. And that's fine because we're going to find people that want to be here. We're going to find great players and great people that want to be here. And once you get that, the sky's the limit. And uh, we'll, we'll develop everybody. Um, you know, but like right now, it's, it's putting a roster together. You know, that's, that's got to be the first order of business from pretty much the second I walk out of here. You know, we have, we have a lot of, you know, scholarship. We've got a lot of holes we've got to fill right now. Um, and obviously it is the second week of April and, you know, so, you know, time is of an essence right now, you know, but that'll be the main focus the next, you know, couple of weeks is obviously taking care of their needs and making sure we're, that we're there for them, uh, getting my staff down here that I'm going to be hiring and, uh, you know, which will be huge because, you know, the main thing is I got to take care of them, you know, because right now everybody we're recruiting, that's fine. They're here, you know, they're my, they're my priority and they're my responsibility right now. Thoughts from Gary Sprinkle on his plan at Utah State. That's uh, one of the big pieces of news in the last week or so. Sprinkle, after leading Montana State to back-to-back Big Sky Conference Tournament Championships and back-to-back NCAA Tournament bids on his way to Utah State. So the uh, opening there in Bozeman, we'll fill you in uh, when we know more. Uh, I'll have some stuff on Skyline Sports MT tonight. This is our ESPN Roundtable, though, breaking down not only Sprinkle's move to Utah State, but also some of the history of coaches moving on and moving up from the Big Sky Conference. Montana has the longest and most storied history of this, but also uh, Weber State has done a pretty good job of of sending coaches up, especially during the early Big Sky Conference days. Big Sky has been around since 1963. I had no idea of this until I, I learned this today. Dick Mata who was a head coach in the NBA for 32 years, won the, the NBA championship with the 1978 Washington Bullets, led by Wes Unseld. There's only been a couple once-off NBA championships ever. The NBA is so built on, on dynasties and long runs. The Lakers and the Celtics have half the championships in the league, but then you also throw in teams like the Spurs and the Bulls, Half the teams in the NBA have never won the championship, and there's only been a couple one-time champions in the NBA. The Washington Bullets in 1978 were one of them. The Seattle Supersonics uh, in the 70s was one of them. The Portland Trailblazers in the 70s was one of them. No coincidence there that it was right around the NBA merger. Uh, And then in the modern era, it's only really the Dallas Mavericks that have been a one-time champion. I guess the Toronto Raptors as well. Am I missing any other one-time champions that you can think of? 
in in all of history? No, I mean, and the Bucks have only really won one in the modern era. But they won one back in the past. But you're right; that was that. that those were forty something years apart. So that's a good example. The Bucks have been contenders, though, lately. Anyways, Dick Botta was at Weber State from 62 to 68 and then went on to coach 32 years in the NBA. That's pretty impressive. Phil Johnson took over for Mata at Weber State and then joined Mata in the NBA a couple years later. Neil McCarthy was at Weber State in the late 70s and early 1980s. He won five regular season titles during that time, then moved on to uh, New Mexico State, and he was very successful. Since then, though, not a lot of Utah State coaches have moved on and moved up. Joe Cravens, who's our good uh, friend and our media colleague, for his work with the Big Sky Conference, he was there at Weber before Randy Ray, and then he just retired. Been doing media stuff since then. And Coach Ray was there for 16 years at Weber, and then he also retired. Northern Colorado actually has uh, some of the best success, even though they've only been in the league since 2006, because Tad Boyle is one of the most successful guys to coach in the Big Sky uh, and then move up. He was at Northern Colorado only for four seasons, won 25 games in 2010. They lost in the conference tournament that year, though, and went to the NIT. So no NCAA tournament bids uh, for Northern Colorado under Tad Boyle. B.J. Hill took over for Tad Boyle and then went to the NCAA tournament the following year after Boyle had taken the head coaching job at Colorado. But Boyle's been really, really good at Colorado. He's won 20 games eight times, been to six NCAA tournaments since 2011. Uh, he's been very, very uh, good and, and remains in good standing there uh, in Boulder. B.J. Hill took over, went to the NCAA tournament, looked like a fast riser, but then he got caught in a J- junior college academic transcript scandal, got fired. Jeff Linder took over. Linder was great at Northern Colorado. Won 20 games three years in a row. Part laid that into an opportunity at Wyoming. Won 25 games two years ago and was in the NCAA tournament, but only won nine games last year. So uh, headed into year four, definitely some question marks around Linder, but he's proven he can win at that level, at least for uh, a one-season sample size. Portland State's best export, Ken Bone. He went to consecutive NCAA tournaments at PSU, 2008 and 2009. Then he went to Washington State, had a high watermark his second season as they went to the NIT semifinals. But they never made the NCAA tournament, and he sort of fizzled out multiple losing seasons in a row uh, before he got dismissed, just 80 and 86 at Portland State. Eastern Washington has had pretty good success uh, in the modern era, in in the 21st century. Steve Eggers was there at Eastern, won the first conference title there in 2000, and then went on to Loyola Marymount. He didn't have a lot of success there, got fired at Loyola Marymount, never became a head coach again. That was in the mid-2000s. Ray Giacoletti took over then at Eastern and was good and used that to then head to Utah. He won 29 games his first year with the Utes, but went 54-40 and 40 in three years. Uh, his 11-19 and 19 year in year three got him fired. That was the worst at Utah since 1985. That happened in 2007. So uh, oh, a very short span for Ray Giacoletti at Utah. That gave way then to Jim Hayford, who won 20 games twice at Eastern and then went to the NCAA tournament. Uh, to then use that to get the Seattle U job. Uh, he was very average at Seattle U, 64 and 55. He had to resign last November for allegedly, or I guess confirmed as repeating racial slurs multiple times, uh, forced into resignation because of that. And then probably, though, besides Tad Boyle, I think unquestionably, oh, Judd Heathcote's there because he won a national championship, but that was back in the late 1970s. But in the, you know, in the last 25 years, the best export from Big Sky Conference men's basketball 
has been Ben Howland. Ben Howland was at Northern Arizona in the late 90s. He used that to get the Pitt job, went to three straight Sweet 16s at Pitt, and then he used that to get the UCLA job. And his run at UCLA was the, the greatest, one of the great runs the UCLA has ever had. I mean, obviously the greatest run of a, in the history of college basketball is John Wooden, the Wizard of Westwood. But Howland was awesome in 10 years at UCLA. Seven NCAA tournaments, I believe five Elite Eights, and went to three consecutive Final Fours, played in the NCAA Final one year. So uh, incredible success there for Ben Howland. How does Sprinkle become the success side of this argument and not the failure side of this argument as uh, the Helena native moves on and moves up from Montana State to Utah State? It is our ESPN Roundtable, presented by Paradise Falls of Missoula. Here's some final thoughts from Danny Sprinkle on his plan in Logan. Over here, maybe. <laughs> uh, Terry Camp, I'm just an alumnus. I just wanted to ask a little bit about your offensive style, whether it's going to be kind of strength, finesse. I know you mentioned the other day you wanted to shoot more threes. Is it all going to be kind of driven by personnel, or do you have a kind of a style or some mentors that you look to? Yeah, it, it will be driven by personnel. I think nowadays you kind of have to do that. Uh, I like to play an aggressive physical style. Um, you know, if you watch our team, you know, the last two years at Montana State, uh, I mean, it was very similar to Stu Morrill's teams. I mean, we pounded you inside. We got to the free throw line. Uh, we were very disciplined, ball movement. Um, you know, we took good shots. And it, it's hard to guard nowadays. Um, you know, we were different in the big sky. Uh, but I had to adjust to my personnel. You know, I mean, we had two of the best post guys in the league, um, if not the two best. And so I had to play through them. And now when I took the job at Montana State, that's not what I had envisioned, you know, in playing. You know, I was more four out, you know, kind of flow, like shooting a lot of threes, playing faster. But, you know, I, we kind of, you have to adjust to your, your personnel and, and who, you, who you recruit. Um, you know, sometimes you just, you got to get the best players, you know, and then you kind of got to adapt your style to them. You know, we, we do a lot of different offensive philosophies. Uh, I mean, we have the five out spread. Um, we do the old school flex, you know, like, and pound that thing inside. We have dribble drive. Uh, but I think it's good because it helps us with our scouting. Because any team we play, we have some sort of whatever they're running, we have some of that in our package. And so it's not like you have to walk through it, you know, two days before a game and make sure they're comfortable. Like they already kind of know it because it's part of what we do. Um, and then we kind of just game plan of, you know, hey, this is our advantage against this certain team. So we'll run more of these sets or these actions for that. Um, but it takes very cerebral players. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be, you know, based a lot on personnel. Coach, Jacob Nielsen, KSL.com. I'm curious, obviously, with coaching changes, it's, it's never easy for the players, and there's a lot of roster turnover and everything. So you spoke with these guys a few minutes ago. What was your message to them, and what's going to be the continued message during this offseason? Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, like how we're going to run our program. And we're going to be built on discipline and toughness, you know, on and off the court. I'm here to develop them on and off the court. That's my, that's my responsibility. That's my job as a coach and a mentor. Um, you know, it'll be, I mean, you can see, that's our team right there. You know, and there's not a lot of people there right now. And that's fine because we're going to find people that want to be here. We're going to find great players and great people that want to be here. And once you get that, the sky's the limit, and uh, we'll we'll develop everybody, um, you know. But like right now, it's 
it's putting a roster together. You know, that's, that's got to be the first order of business from pretty much the second I walk out of here. You know, we have, we have a lot of, you know, scholarship. We've got a lot of holes we've got to fill right now. Um, and obviously it is the second week of April. And, you know, so, you know, time is of an essence right now. You know, but that'll be the main focus the next, you know, couple weeks is obviously taking care of their needs and making sure we're, that we're there for them, uh, getting my staff down here that I'm going to be hiring, and, uh, you know, which will be huge because, you know, the main thing is I got to take care of them. You know, because right now, everybody we're recruiting, that's fine. They're here. You know, they're my, they're my priority and they're my responsibility right now. Coach, uh, Jake Ellis, the Utah Statesman, adding on to that last statement, um, what do in-state and rivalry games mean to the programs that you lead? It's, it's huge. You know, like, that's what, that's what makes college basketball. Um, I mean, it, it, was the, it was the funnest and the most stressful game at Montana State when we played University of Montana. You know, because, very, you know, unlike here, there, there's no professional teams in Montana, so it's half the state. You're either a Bobcat or you're a Grizzly. And, uh, and it is a lot of pressure. Um, and we hadn't, we hadn't been very successful in that rivalry until, I, until me and my staff got there. Um, but I think that's it's the most important thing. And obviously there's some unbelievable teams in this state. Uh, and it's fun to compete against those teams. And it's fun for the fans, um, you know, to kind of have those, you know, state bragging rights. But I think in college, unlike professional, like that, Duke, Carolina, you know, like th that's what makes college basketball. And it's a lot funner for you guys than it is for coaches. There you go, Danny Sprinkle, on uh, the scenarios at Utah State. I would be remiss if I didn't mention some of the Idaho coaches that moved on and moved up as well. I, I added some stuff to the outline that didn't get on my printout. But Idaho's had several coaches that have moved on and moved up. Uh, Dan Monson uh, moved on and had great success after his time at Idaho. Uh, Tim Floyd went into the NBA, was the head coach of the Chicago Bulls. Larry Eustacey. Despite he's been surrounded by controversy, he still had success at Idaho and then Colorado State and Iowa State. So there's been some uh, some coaches at Idaho that have moved on and moved up as well. The whole analysis is to basically show you that most of the coaches, basically it's men's basketball that have gotten elevated opportunities, have succeeded. It hasn't been nearly the case in football. Joe Glenn, Montana, uh, sort of an example of that. Utah State with Mick Dennehy. We won't go down that road right now, though. We'll diagnose that maybe later on. We got to get out, though, because we got to hear from the head coach of one of the hottest teams in the country in MCLA Men's Collegiate Lacrosse. It's right here in Missoula. The Grizz Lacrosse team won the weekend one more time, including a ranked win over, hello, Utah State. Tucker Sargent, Grizz Lacrosse, joins us next. Keep it right here. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm. When it comes to criminal defense, what's an example of why someone could or should call Schulte Law? Criminal defense happens on somebody's worst day, you know, and it doesn't mean that someone's a bad person. We all make mistakes. Mistakes. We all make choices that maybe aren't the best choice, and that can lead to dramatic consequences. 
in somebody's life. So we're really focusing on personal injury and criminal defense. We do a lot of different areas of the law, though. We have a strong background in real estate. Um, we handle family law for clients, ton of mediations. The ultimate reality is, is that people have bad days, and that's when you need our help. That's when you need to call Schulte Law Firm because we know the players, we know the game. We can put people in the best position to achieve the outcome they want. If you've had a bad day, visit jschultilaw.com. One, two, three. One is now on ESPN Radio. Well, it seemed like it was spring for a brief moment earlier this week, and maybe even summer on Monday, but uh, raining, snowing, all of it again. That's okay, though. Grizzly Cross team is used to it. Tucker Sargent joining us in studio for the second week in a row. We're uh, breaking this down here for you on your Tuesday. You're listening to it on your Wednesday. What's up, Tuck? How was the weekend? It was the first nice weekend we've had <laughs> I can remember since last year. For Fantastic. Sure. And we got, you know, we were able to finish our games early on a Saturday and actually had some time to hang out. To hang out, yeah. Very good. Well, the Grizz played three contests last week. Uh, a couple of these more like tune-up slash exhibitions, right? Carroll College and Gonzaga. But then a great one against Utah State where you got yet another ranked victory. So I'll uh, just take us through it to start with Thursday against Carroll down there at the uh, at the fort. Yeah, well, so Carroll was actually in the stadium. Oh, right, and then, uh, and then Gonzaga, Gonzaga was at the was fort. At the fort. That's right. But, yeah, they, they, we, two exhibition games. Gonzaga used to be a pretty strong conference opponent, um, and then they had a coach departure. Then COVID happened, and the school was just kind of reeling after that, as, as many, unfortunately many schools were. So For sure. They, they actually are building back up and uh, are planning to be back a full member of the league next year. Um, so it was just an opportunity, both and, and Carroll's a, a team that's looking to build up a program and get in. So good opportunities to get guys in who haven't seen a lot of playing time throughout the year. Um, exhibition games, you know, that doesn't really affect your record in the regular season, but an opportunity to see kids play in live action that are, you know, the ones that are coming up that I think are going to have bigger roles next year and get some game experience. So good games, you know, the, the, the guys played well, everything, you know, we, we won both games handily. So that was, you know, fun to get guys minutes and get out there and, and play and, and just see some kids excel that haven't had a lot of opportunity to do that in games. And then, you know, it was all kind of in preparation for a big one on Saturday. And it was, uh, you know, sort of an odd game. A 10 o'clock in the morning start is always a yeah, it's just, weird. just different. But, you know, it being Easter on the weekend, Utah State was coming. They were on a three-game road trip. They wanted to get home. Totally. And I think a lot of people enjoyed being able to finish early. So, you know, that's where the schedule landed. And, uh, you know, it was a little chilly, but... Um, I mean, the team played about as good as you could ask them to do. We went over the film again last night to kind of pick apart things that you want to work on. And, you know, it was one of those games where maybe watching the film wasn't that valuable because it was a pretty flawless game for the stand of how our team played, which is, you know, it, it makes you happy. It's where you want to be. You know, we, we had that early number one ranking. Um, I think it was in February. And then we've kind of been hanging around the top five since then. Um, you know, and those polls are so volatile, but we've always said we want to be the best team in May, not the best team in February. So, you know, there are some people freaking out. Oh, we fell to fourth. We fell to six. You sure, know, whatever, sure. whatever, whatever. that's not the concern. The, the concern is to be playing our best lacrosse at the end of the season. I think that's where, you know, looking at the game Saturday, that's felt like, you know, we're, we're starting to get there. Tucker Sargent joining us in studio 
He is the head coach of the Grizz Lacrosse team among his many roles here uh, in the city of the Missoula. Grizz Lacrosse coming off a 14 to 5 win over 11th ranked 11th ranked Utah State uh, this last weekend uh, in Missoula. You've talked about that a couple weeks in a row, just playing your best lacrosse by the time May rolls around. Just explain to people the sort of the way that the, the postseason works, because you guys are in the, the PCNLL. You're also then in MCLA Division Two, so there's a national tournament as well. So I just sort of break down the scenarios, or but, but more importantly, just sort of like the logistics of the postseason at uh, this level of lacrosse. Right. So, you, I mean, nationally, there's nine conferences that are all regionally based, and we're in the PNCLL, which is, you know, all the Northwest teams. Um, just a kind of a general description of where they're located. Um, so we right now are the number one seed in our conference going into the postseason. So, and then you have your conference playoffs, which the top four teams make it. So we'll play the four, and then the two and the three play in the semifinals. Does championship ensure hosting then? How does that work? No, so hosting is a bid system. Okay. So they're, they're being hosted by um, or University of Oregon and Oregon State combined, and they chose okay. to put it in Lake Oswego just because there's a bigger population there. Sure, yeah. Um, Probably great facilities because Lake, Lake Oswego has oh, it, uh, some it's, great yeah, I mean, some of those high school stadiums you go to in, in <laughs> right. the, the wealthier suburbs put a oh, lot man. of colleges to shame. I mean, I mean yeah, I've been to Lake Oswego's football stadium, and it's like, well, this is like a well, college. That's where we're playing. Yeah, we're playing great. at their football stadium. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's an exceptional it's, facility. It's an ex- excellent facility facility you know there's great hotels the city's built well to host it yeah and there's a lot of youth lacrosse in the area that you don't get in corvallis or eugene so you you get some more of the periphery fans coming in for that so i think it's a great place to host it it's a good environment um so that's on that's april 29th and 30th is the the conference tournament so if you win your conference you get an at-large bid to the or you get an automatic qualifier to the national tournament it's the top 16 teams or it's the top you know 16 teams make it to nationals so there's nine automatic qualifiers and then seven at-large bids right so you know we're We're hoping to get the automatic qualifier. That's what you always want to get. You win your conference. That also helps just for seating at nationals. You sure. win your conference, you tend to get seated better. Um, there is, like in football, there's a national selection committee that seeds the team. So right now on the coach, the MCLA coaches poll, we're ranked six. That doesn't carry a lot of weight sure. into what the national tournament is. That's sort of a fun thing. You know, it's a, it, it can be used as a guideline when we, the, the selection committee is trying to figure out, you know, quality wins, opponents, all of that stuff is taken into consideration. But um, it's not the Bible. You know, there's, there's a lot more that goes into it. Strength of schedule, wins on the road, quality opponents, how much did you travel. Um, you know, you, you kind of have a full resume that you're hoping that the committee looks at and uh, takes into consideration. So I think, you know, if we can win out the rest of the season, we've got two more games coming up this week. We should be in good position to have, you know, a, a quality seed for the national tournament. But, you know, job number one is you, you got to, one, win out. You know, we got to win and take care of business in our next two regular season games, and you got to win your conference. Um, and you just, you, you don't want to leave it up to an at-large. No question. Like it's, it's one of those things where, there's been years past where I felt we were pretty solid lock for an at-large bid, and then, you know, the committee felt someone right. else had, you know, something. You just you just don't want to leave it in the hands of decision makers. Well, that's just not that many at-large bid, bids either, right? I mean, if it's only a 16-team tournament, and nine of them are automatically. I mean, you have to be the cream of the crop, right? You do, and there's and this year it's as competitive as it's right. ever been. You know, I, I sit on the I'm on the coaches' poll. 
Um, you know, there's three coaches from each conference, so it's 27 people that make it up. And I'd say about half of us are on a group me chat together. And honestly, teams one through six, no one can figure out who's better than who. I mean, they're like right. everyone has beaten everyone and lost to another. It's just this round robin. And, and then they've creamed seven through, you know, everyone above that. So there's there's this big conundrum sitting at the top right now is, you know, who's the true one, who's two, who's three. I mean, I think the consensus is everyone feels like one through six are pretty much even. Right. And it's just going to be... And you guys have played each other and beat up on each other. Exactly. And, yeah. and, and, and those are the teams that are getting after it. So it, it's kind of a funny scenario. It's going to be interesting to see how the national seeding comes out. But like I said, our focus right now is just to uh, finish the season strong. Get the, you know We can't falter this weekend with our next two upcoming games. And we got to take care of business at the conference tournament. Grizz Lacrosse head coach Tucker Sargent in studio with us here on Nuanas Now. The Grizz are back home again Friday and Saturday, starting with the College of Idaho, who's been uh, certainly a rival and one of the best teams within the conference uh, for the Grizz to play each season, and uh, probably happy to have this one back at home. Uh, you can find all Grizz Lacrosse action on the ESPN MT app. Grizz right now 13-2 and going into this matchup against the College of Idaho, but yet again, another top 20 opponent. I think they're 19 in this week's poll, so um, just give us the scout. This was a, this was one of the wins of the season last year when you guys beat these guys in the conference tournament. It was, yeah. There's a lot of history between us and College of Idaho, and it, you know, to the general sports fan, you, you may not be too familiar with them, but they're sort of a lacrosse powerhouse in the Northwest. Where I mean, they're rolling in a lot of things right now. They won the NAIA national championship in men's basketball too. I mean, they went 36 and one in men's yeah, basketball they, they, this the last year. The school is really investing in their athletics. And, you can tell. You, you know, the the lacrosse is one of them. You know, last year we played them in the regular season. I think they beat us 19 to six at home. I mean, just an embarrassment for us. And I remember you came on the show and you said that was sort of like the rock bottom moment of last year. It, it was season, the right? rock bottom, but it also was the moment that I think catapulted us Got to, you. to where, yeah. where, you know, the run that we went on at yeah. the end of the season. And I think every year you can look at a couple of games that, you know, that do that. And I think, you know, that's why we play a lot of games too, is sure. that you, you need to have you need to have some failure to really identify your mm-hmm. mistakes. You know, we, that's why we schedule a really tough schedule. We try and stay mostly in the top 25 because I don't think you really learn anything by, you know, walking all over an opponent. So, you know, after that game last year, we came back and we, we actually, they were the number one seed in the country at the time and the, when we played them in the, for the conference championship. And I think we were ranked, you know, 12th or something. Yeah. And, uh, we ended up upsetting them in a, in a really close, epic game. We scrimmaged them uh, again this fall, and it was very competitive again. I think we won by a goal. Um, and, you know, kind of a friendly, but, you know, the coach and I agreed, you know, we both wanted to win it, and we, <laughs> we were going as hard sure. as we could. Um, so they're good. And, uh, you know, I think part of the reason they're sitting at 19 and not ranked higher is again they just they haven't they don't have the resume of a lot of top 25 games, but the scores they and have they just haven't up, played as many games. As they you just haven't too, played right? as many yeah. either. You know they're they're one of those schools that you know they kind of rely on their talent to perform when they need to rather than building up a body of work the way we do. Um, I think our you know. There's a lot of ways to build a season, build a schedule. I think for us and the players we have, it's get out and play uh, and learn from it. And, you know, I'm hoping that, you know, the experience that we have playing in, you know, quality teams and tough games is going to be what carries us forward. Because certainly right now our, our team is, you know, clicking on a level that I like to see it at. I believe the breakdown is this, this will be the uh, 13th game 
Grizzly Cross has played against top 25 opponents. They've only played 16 games, so pretty darn good strength of schedule for Grizzly Cross. Uh, back at home this weekend, they play Friday night, 7 p.m. at Washington Grizzly Stadium against Col- uh, College of Idaho, and then they play Colorado Mines on Saturday at noon, also at Washington Grizzly Stadium. Last chance to see Grizzly Cross at home this year, right? That's it. This is this man, is the goes final home split. Stand. It you does, are, man. I mean, well, you guys are on the road for two months, then you get about <clears throat> two, three weeks of home games. It, it's pretty hard to schedule games in Missoula. You know, the college season starts in the beginning of February. That's right. Yeah, not a lot of people try to come to Missoula in February. Well, and you know, we're not really inviting them either. Like, we don't want to be out playing home games in February in Missoula either. So, you know, we're we're definitely the road warriors. We were, we were able to squeak out six home games this year, but. Um, yeah, so opportunities have been few and far between to to watch this team in action. But I would say if you, if you get the chance this weekend, you know, Friday or Saturday, come on out because it, they're, they're playing a high level of lacrosse. It's pretty exciting, and the, the energy in the stands has been fantastic. Tucker Sergeant Grizz Lacrosse, head coach. You want to check these guys out in action? You can see them 7 p.m. Friday night, Washington Grizzly Stadium, or uh, noon on Saturday. Uh, just ten bucks a ticket, right? So this is uh, ten bucks a ticket for the general admission. That's right. If you're a college student, it's free with a Grizz card. There you go. And, uh, other, yeah. Otherwise, come on out. It's a good time, and I can tell you the uh, the families and the true supporters definitely have a good time before and after the game. So it's uh, it, it's a pretty fun environment. It's more than just a sporting event. It's a uh, it's an event uh, all the way around. Some entertainment for you this weekend in Missoula. The uh, you can also catch all the Grizz lacrosse action on. The ESPN MT app. So uh, go check that out as well. Good luck this weekend, man. Hey, thank you. I thought the late game last night in the NBA playoffs was no dang good. At least one of the two games tonight might be okay. We got them on the radio either way. We get you set up for the rest of the week. Next, go on is now ESPN Radio. At Jewelry Design Center, they can make anything you desire. We have branded jewelry that you'll see across the world and the country. And you have full access to our full manufacturing shop. You can look in the case. You don't have to start out designing something. You can see anything that we have in the case that customize it for your personal experience. Jewelry Design Center, now open in Missoula at 2501 Brook Street, across from the Montana Club. Jewelry Design Center, your jeweler for life. Oh! It's new on is now on 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. What's up, everybody? Welcome back. New on is now ESPN Radio. SWX Montana Television and the ESPN MT app. Miss anything in today's show? You can always find it on the Nuanas Now podcast. Probably presented by Blackfoot Communications. Visit goblackfoot.com to see all the ways Blackfoot can help you and your small business. Also brought to you by the M Store, where they're all grizz all the time. Located downtown Missoula, corner of Broadway and Higgins. Go check them out. They got the new Apple Store up and running in there as well. It's also presented by the MSU Bookstore. MSU Spring Rodeo is coming up, one of the big events on campus at Montana State. And the MSU Bookstore has all sorts of rodeo gear, T-shirts, hoodies, crewnecks, all sorts of stuff. Go check it out uh, there on the Montana State campus uh, in Bozeman. Only got about a minute left. The NBA playoffs continue tonight. You got the 9 and 10 seed games. 
The Chicago Bulls and Toronto Raptors are uh, midway through the second quarter right now. The Raptors lead 39-34. As I said yesterday, all 500 records in the NBA are not created equal. The Miami Heat, the Chicago Bulls, the Toronto Raptors should all be ashamed of being in the positions that they're in right now. The uh, Oklahoma City Thunder, who play later on tonight against the New Orleans Pelicans, should not be ashamed. They are a really young team with no veterans, really. They got an emerging star in Shea Gildress-Alexander, and they got an unbelievable amount of draft picks coming up. So that's a good achievement to be somewhere around the 10 seed for them. And then the Pelicans, it's just all about Zion Williamson getting hurt. We'll roll into these games here uh, on ESPN Radio. We'll also have more NBA conversation tomorrow. We also have the return of a chicken does no sports. Probably a whole bunch of surprises because that's how we're rolling right now around here. We'll see you then. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or of course you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.